Hey, Ricky, you know what's awesome? What's that, Billy? Racing cops down highways, bootlegging beer, cores, cores of all beers, <laughs> <laughs> Firebirds and 18-wheelers and Burt Reynolds, man. Yeah. Smokey, Smokey and the Bandit. And then Duke, Duke's a hazard. Yeah. Same, same, same concept. <laughs> I'm gonna get you, you scumbum. <laughs> oh man! So I was having a conversation with Scott because we re- we started Scary Back, uh, Scary Dad. We finally found a solution, so we got Scary Dad back on. Yeah, on, yeah. Uh, everything ready to go, and. Uh, and said it's it's kind of funny because uh, we talk about the the cable rotation and, and the the movies we used to watch and see, but then you realize that most of the movies you saw were the sequels. The eighties especially were extremely sequel heavy. Yeah. But it's like the, the the first good one, the classic one, was held in reserve for something. But you always saw like part two, right? You know, so like Cannonball Run Part Two and Jaws Two and yeah. Jaws Three, and, you know that that kind of stuff. And I noticed one when, when I was watching uh, Smoking the Bandit, like I'd seen it, but I hadn't seen like like there was a whole lot of scenes that I guess I it must be in Part Two because I'm like, <laughs> oh what? Ha- <laughs> oh wait a minute, that's not right. It's <laughs> missing some stuff. So. uh I didn't go. I didn't go straight over into watching part two, but um, but now I'd forgotten. I mean, like it's been a long time since I'd seen it. I probably would have walked in here confident what I was talking about. You would have been like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> but but uh, watching it the other night, I'm like, "Yeah, that's 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 pretty awesome. That's got its place in the uh, you know that '80s pantheon of classic movies." You know. Yeah. So. Uh, same year as Star Wars, actually seventy seven. Yeah, so you know that that's crazy when you think about those being together. You know that time frame. Totally, like it. Uh, but yeah, uh, man. I mean, Smokey and the Bandit. I mean, it was it was one of those that you went and seen in the theater, and it was everything. You know, so uh, pretty pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well. And it was funny because I, I'm, I'm struck by, you know, it's, especially as a writer now and I'm writing stuff and I'm watching modern movies. And a lot of times I'm just like a, a lot of modern, especially with like horror movies or whatever. It's like we we appreciate the throwbacks to like the old mm-hmm. 80s slashers, for example. And when, when people do new slashers, a lot of times they're going to be homages to old slashers. But yeah. There's not a whole lot. There's not a whole lot of new ground that's that's broken. And there's a there's a contingency of critics that will that'll be upset about that. Like yeah. you're not you're not doing anything new. Yeah. And and that's fair enough. What what straight up smoking the bandit was like, it is not pretending to be anything yeah. that it's not. Yeah. It is. I mean. The plot of the movie is like laid out for you in the first couple of minutes. Like, here's what's happening. You know, bootle- you know, this is what I want. It's illegal. Here's what needs to happen. I'm going to pay you and go. And then yep. the movie just goes. And then from then on, it's just it's just chase scenes and fast cars and fast moving trucks and 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 it doesn't. It's not pretentious. It's not trying to 
sell some higher purpose. It's not trying to teach a lesson. It's just fun. And uh, I was taken by that because I don't know if that movie would actually pass muster today without being rewritten four times without some, you know. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. It, you know, ma making it some some kind of a message behind it. Yeah. And there is no message to Smoking no. the Bandit. It, it, <laughs> it, it's, it's amazing. Except for maybe, except for maybe don't stop for brides on the side of the road. <laughs> Because they would have been, they would have coasted on in with month, with time to spare, <laughs> right? If they hadn't gotten Buford on their tail, you know. <laughs> yeah, and and that's again, it, it's amazing that the movie is as popular as it is because there's not a lot of story there. It's pretty cut and dry, but uh, yeah, if you describe that to somebody, they're going to be like, "Who wants to watch that?" But then when you watch it, like, yeah, this this works. <laughs> well, and I think, well, the, to me, it's it's going to be the chemistry of the casting, because yeah. well, first, you know, Burt Reynolds was a superstar. Yeah. I mean, he he's I think he's probably one of. I mean, you have your your fifties golden age of cinema, you know, your superstar guys, but you know, I don't think you could get any more famous than Burt Reynolds in the seventies, right? You know, it's like he was so on top of things. And it's easy to see why, because he doesn't even do anything, and he draws your eye. Like yeah. he's he's just got that much charisma, you know. Yeah. But then the the interplay between him and, and uh, the snowman, where he's like he's like I'm not going on any mission with you, and he's like <laughs> getting him dressed, putting on deodorant, like throwing his shirt on him. He's like, yeah, you are, you know, because we got yeah. money, you know. It's like this is a good deal, you know. We're gonna do this, and the whole time he's getting him dressed. The dude's like telling him, I'm not going on any of your crazy adventures. But he's getting dressed to go. Like he does. <laughs> like he just kind of has to have a little token, <laughs> token denial to to make his wife happy or whatever. But in the end, he's driving that truck. Oh yeah, yeah. There, it's that thing of <laughs> you're fighting it because you know it's going to lead to trouble. It's going to cause trouble at home. But it's what you love to do at the same time. So yeah, the chemistry of those guys. Well, let's face it. Big Enus, Little Enus. I mean. All the characters stand out in this movie, and that's what makes it worse because you can watch other people watch this movie, and they all got different favorite people in the movie. And that's mm -hmm. what makes this thing work is is it's just the characters. The, the movie itself, there's really not a lot there, but they make it come alive. And, uh, you know, Buford Justice, I mean, come on, man. I'm going to go <laughs> home and put your mama in the mouth. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. You can't go wrong. you're so stupid. I'm going to go home and punch <laughs> Ain't no way. No way you come from my loins. I'm going home and put your mama in the mouth. <laughs> uh. Yeah, dude. There's, there was, and that's another one of those, that the, each, each scene is its own little yeah. scene. It's like when when Snowman stops at the the truck stop, mm -hmm. you know. And there's like it, it's a, it's a scene cut out of the movie. There's really no reason for it. Like it, it like you could the, the movie would not change if that scene wasn't there. Gets right. gets his ass beat, and then just you know tears off and rolls over their bikes. <laughs> just like <laughs> he's he's just got his, he just got punched hard, and he's just like check this out, dog. <laughs> right. Over these guys' bikes and get back on the road. Like that's it's. it's those sorts of scenes and the, yeah. you know, the, the, the poor cops, you know, just spinning their wheels, flipping around. I mean, because even Justice, oh, Justice yeah. is a cop, but he's he's not in his own jurisdiction. He's, yeah. a, he's a renegade at this point, but he's just so 
he's got such a command presence and everybody just kind of does what he says. Yeah. <laughs> well, because he, he kind of has that Jack Burton thing, right? When he walks in, you know, well, let me tell you who I am. I'm, you know, uh-huh. so he's got that thing about him. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it, it's just fantastic. And what's weird about this, because we're talking about Smoking a Bandit, which is probably the most popular of these movies. But just recently, doing research for an, another podcast that I'm doing, <laughs> uh, I kicked it off with a, a movie called Cannonball. Not Cannonball Run, not Cannonball Run 2, but Cannonball, which is, you know, New World Pictures, David Carradine. So uh, I start thinking, well, wait a minute, New World Pictures did Eat My Dust, all mm-hmm. these other movies that are the same formula. They were doing them before. So really... Smokey and the Bandit, Cannonball, and all these are really ripoffs that were just done the better. End. Yeah, yeah, the, with a bigger, with a bigger money and better yep. casts and stuff like that, of course. Yeah. And well, I mean, and that's the way this game is played. Right. If you, if you look at you know so many, uh, you know, like if you look at like a lot of the inspirations of Star Wars was the samurai absolutely movies. And like Flash Gordon, and, and you know he'll he'll even point out the the, the B movies that were so bad you could see the strings on the spaceships. Mm-hmm. But hey, if you can just hide the string better, you right. know make the spaceships look a little more realistic. Then hey, there there you go. Now you've got a blockbuster. So here here's and, one uh, for you. Here's a great example. I'm I'm just doing a new episode, and I'm doing without warning. You remember that movie from 1980 with the alien that throws the sucker fish things that land on you? And... It sounds familiar, man. Well, <laughs> it was the inspiration for Predator. Okay. So, as a matter of fact, the same guy plays the alien in this movie, plays the Predator in the movie. Oh, wow. But, I mean, it, they've said that it was the basis for Predator. So, it's kind of like, same situation here. Hey, this is a great concept, but let's make it better, right? Mm-hmm. And that's And that's the reason, like... You know, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, all these guys are so popular because they're really not doing anything original. They've just taken mm-hmm. it and made it better than what the other lower-budget movies, even more lower-budget movies, were doing. Exactly. Yeah. And, well, I mean, too, the... the you know, I said at the beginning, we'll talk about Dukes of Hazard too, but, you yeah. know, it's like, I remember... Because Dukes of Hazard was a popular show, oh, yeah. and it's obviously it was inspired by the Smoking the Bandits and the Cannibal, like all all without, of that. Without I mean, a probably, doubt, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's straight up the the Duke bro, the, the 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 Duke boys were bootleggers running yeah. running through a, a you know like running whiskey, right? Um, and but it's it's essentially Smoking the Bandit. They're just you know <laughs> they're they're uh, they're they're running bootleg. But you watch the the, the, the ramp jumps yeah. in the TV show, and you see the, the 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 cars, like the frame of the cars bend up, and the car keeps on going. <laughs> I, I, but you but you saw that in Smoking the Bandit too. Yeah, it's like whenever he jumps the bridge and he lands, and the front end of that uh oh yeah that Firebird <laughs> comes up like that, and uh, you're like, yeah, you're not yeah, going yeah, anywhere. That after thing's that. done. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you just sold it, you know, scrap it for parts. And you, but, have, uh, you have to remember, too, this is the evil Knievel generation, too. So, you know, the more you can do high-flying stuff, I mean, the, the better. I mean, that's that was just kind of the mindset. It, you know, it, well, it's... And a, I think, you know, 
because you know so in 77 you know i would have been two years old but i mean I, like all of the sequels then of yeah. course the dukes of hazard and then of course that I mean, I'm, I'm going to say it probably directly inspired a lot of your car stuff in the in the 80s, like, you know, oh, Knight yeah. Rider and stuff like that. Because, I mean, again, you just got a, a rogue driver of a badass car that goes around, you know, crashing into things and stopping bad guys or whatever. I mean, it's a, it's a simple concept, but it's yep. awesome, especially if you're a kid. Because yep. when you're a kid, cars are big and magical and mysterious. You don't know how they work. Yeah. You know, like you get in it, you get in it, and you go. But then your bike doesn't do that. You right. know, it's like, <laughs> like how, do, how does that work? So uh, to have you know have a big old yeah. engine kick in, you're like, okay, that's that's something magical right there. Well, look look but at man, look at that influence right there. I mean, just as simple as that. Because you know, as a kid, your infatuation with cars is hearing them crank up and go, rum, 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 and hearing the wheels squeal. Uh-huh. So what do you do on your bicycle? You go fast and you slam on your brakes so you can squeal your wheels. I mean, it's that simple of, a, of an in, you know infatuation that you end up with starting off. And and it yeah, never it it, it, it absolutely it never goes away. Right. So like like I'm I'm how old however old I am and I've got my daughter. She's got her little BMX bike, little sixteen inch <laughs> wheels, and we go cruising around the neighborhood. She can't ride very fast, so I'm generally on the highest gear that I can get my bike to go, so I'm spinning my pedals real fast and barely going fast enough to balance the bike, right? Yeah. So she stops, and, you know, we stop at, at a curb. She wants some water and give her some water and don't realize that my back tire is in a little, like, little dirt pile, just a little bit of gravel. And I push down in that high gear, and it spins the back wheel. It feels, <laughs> it feels like I'm eight again. I'm just like... <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah that's cool <laughs> but yeah man like the 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 car races the the cops the chases the jumps yeah i mean yeah there's just i mean again smoking the bandit the first the first one is like I'm, yeah. i mean it's un, it's un, it's untouchable yeah. as far as like it's iconic. Yeah, it's iconic. And it's because it's the marriage of everything. It's, it's one of those movies where just everything lined up right because on paper, it doesn't work. You know? Mm -hmm. So it's it's just uh, it's one of those odd birds, man. But what do you do? You follow it up with a part two, which is still a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Probably more of what you remember. <laughs> yeah. Because there's many Buford T. Justices, right? <laughs> yep. And you got the gal yeah. you got the gal that's on the, the, the gurney that's coming down the road going Swamp Fever you know and all that stuff. <laughs> yep. That's that's the <laughs> And then of course, you know Part with, three with... Well then you've got part three, and then you got Cannonball Run and Cannonball Part two or whatever and um you know, like the Dom DeLuise, oh, the yeah. outtakes, and you know, it's oh, like the yeah. funniest part. Of, funniest part of Cannibal Run was the outtakes, and you know, it's like you remember the Burt Reynolds uh, Saturday Night Live with Norm Macdonald or whatever, yep. where he's pissed, he's 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 uh, pissing off uh, Alex Trebek, right. and that's the that's the Burt Reynolds that he's channeling right there. Is Absolutely, the one that's like he's the he's the professional. He's like, let's just get to shooting, but Dom DeLuise is over here cracking jokes, and Burt looks a little pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Great stuff, everybody's man. everybody's laughing can't stop it's, it's it's i mean that's childhood for us too i mean sure 
and uh, <laughs> I loved it in the end of Cannonball Run, where he's like, you know, he's like, he's like, where are you? He's like, I'm down, I'm, I'm down on the tarmac wearing a big purple suit. <laughs> he's like gonna, he's gonna stick the sheriff on his on his buddy, on, oh, his, yeah. on the rich guy. Yeah, but then he changes his mind. Like, hey, yeah, <laughs> come get me now. No, no, I can't lie to you. You seem like a, a good guy. Look over <laughs> your shoulder. <laughs> I'm going to barbecue your ass in molasses, <laughs> man. And <laughs> just to have that Jackie Gleason, I mean, so he's such an iconic. actor you know like he did you know obviously started in honeymoon news and comedy and everything but then he was he did some serious stuff later on sure but but to have him like he's so mad yeah he's like so pissed the whole time and just the stuff that comes out of his mouth is just (laughs) it's just pure gold (laughs) and his son too man i mean just such a big dummy you know it just it just works so well well, it's like why is he even in the car? Right. It's like they they chased it. They 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 chase after her so fast that he's just like get in the car, let's go. And they expected it to be like a trip down the road, not across the country, <laughs> you know. So this dude's still in his tuxedo. <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> uh, and and the, the the demolition of the cop car. I mean, it just totally gets destroyed as you go along, which is kind of a that's kind of in Cannonball as well because in Cannonball. Mm-hmm. This uh, this guy is a chauffeur, and he picks up a, a Lincoln, and instead of delivering it like he's supposed to, he drives it in the cannonball race. Of course, it just gets <laughs> demolished, you know, and it looks kind of like what the sheriff's car looks like, you know, where the the hood's missing and the, the doors are gone. And <laughs> but dude, you know, so, him standing Junior holding his hat on his head when he's driving. I mean, it's just yeah. it's just hilarious. <laughs> Because, yeah, because the roof of the car is gone, so now you have to have somebody. And then he gets out, and Junior doesn't know what to He's do. He's still holding He's it. Like... <laughs> uh, great. So you're talking about, like, uh, in Cannonball, where he rents the Lincoln. So uh, you're familiar with, like, the old beat poets, like Jack Kerouac. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I read, this was years ago. It was uh, not on the road. Well, it might have been mentioned in On the Road, but it was in one of his other books that uh, – that's what they used to do because they they try to hitchhike or they train hop or they ride buses or whatever. But they like they're all up in like the Northeast where they live, and then they got buddies in San Francisco and in Mexico City. Mm. So they'd go they'd go uh, to a car service, and people would pay to have their car driven across the country to their new house. Yeah. So like maybe maybe somebody's in the military or something, and they they you know got off a ship. And they're like, okay, well, I've got a car in New York, and I want to have it driven here. And they just, like, rent a car and then just destroy it. Like, they just burn it out, like, driving, wow. like, like smoking and, you know, drunk driving, just <laughs> shooting out across <laughs> the, the country. And they're like, yeah, you know, just turn in the car. Nobody ever says anything. <laughs> just like, wow. <laughs> like, I guess Damn. the service deals with it or whatever, but, yeah. So that's not new, man. That's been happening since cars were invented. Probably so. <laughs> like, yeah. Just pe- people messing them up. <laughs> so another thing too, because we're talking about Jackie Gleason and his character, you know, Buford T. Justice. But you got to think about Boss Hog because it's basically the same character, but he's just more of a baddie. 
as my grand as my granddaughter would say, you're a baddie, right? <laughs> so uh, he he's just he's on the the other side of the law, even though he's in charge of the police, you know. But he's he's basically he's, Buf- he's Buford T. Justice. I mean, that's yeah, and, what they went for. And Bo- Bo- Boss Hog is crooked, but yeah. uh, the the sheriffs aren't. That's the thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. like Cletus Ennis and uh, uh, Roscoe. <laughs> They're not crooked. They're just trying to, to stop them, you know, bootlegging Duke boys. <laughs> They're always yep. getting their cars stuck into things. And but it, it's it's funny watching watching Cannonball and then thinking back on Dukes of Hazard how how much of a carbon copy it is almost. I mean, except for like the yeah. car. Yeah. But you know, it's like you say, Boss Hog, and then you've got your your wayward cops, mm-hmm. and then you even have Cooter who has the the Basset Hound. Uh, in his truck, that he sometimes runs interference for the <laughs> for, for the for the boys, you know, in his in his record. Well, so it's you, like you got uh, didn't Roscoe have Flash too, right? Yep. You know, so yeah, Cooter, yeah, Cooter had the little dog, and Roscoe had Flash, and right. all you know, Can you imagine being an actor? And it's like, okay, you're a you're a country bumpkin cop. There's always they're always getting one up on you. How are you gonna play it? That's kind of what I was thinking. What do y'all think? <laughs> okay, yeah, it works for me. <laughs> let's let's roll with it. So, um, <laughs> but seriously, like I have I think about that sometimes because you think about like certain certain actors. You know, it's like Heath Ledger with the Joker. It's like okay, well I'm gonna channel Tom Waits. You know, it's like right. That's a that's that's an that's an odd thing to do, but it totally works. works. Yeah. Well, I'm reading a uh, uh, autobiography of Bruce Dickinson. Okay, ah. from Iron uh, from Iron Maiden. Yeah, never heard and, of him. <laughs> and uh the dude's hilarious man but he's yeah. sitting here talking about like how uh so he was in university in in uh england and he was like a history major but he didn't want to be but that's just where his grades were so but it gave him an office and access to a phone so he used the phone all day to like try to book gigs and <laughs> uh buy instruments and and schedule stuff and he had kind of a a a like a secretarial job booking talent for the, uh, for the school. Wow. And he, 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 uh, he ran across, you know, this band like vocalists needed. And so he's like, well, calls them. They're like, Oh, do you have a demo? He's like, well, of course I don't have a demo. Nobody ever has a demo. Like <laughs> no, nobody's got one. He's like, so I went ahead and recorded one. He says, I had a, a little tape recorder and I had a, a, a tape that had, a." Monty Python on one side and some some dictated notes that he had taken for school. <laughs> so, so he set up his recorder and he stood and he just kind of ran through some vocal scales and exercises and some screams and some stuff and then put it in the mail with a note that says like, hey, this is this is my demo tape. And if it's rubbish, then there's some Monty Python on the other side for some laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> And they called him back, and they're like, "That's awesome! Come, 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 audition for us." And that's like, that. He was probably going by the name Bruce Bruce back then, too, right? I know that early on, that's kind of what he was going with, and everybody's like, "Why would you call yourself Bruce twice?" Yeah. And, and, well, and he was. That's the thing in the in the book is he's talking about like so he's he's just a kid, right? Yeah. Like he's got it. He's got a, he's got an eye for rock and roll, but he doesn't know what he wants to do, and he's yeah. got different 
and he's at boarding school and prep school and he knows different people and musicians and whatever and figures out that he can sing but then like he doesn't have any straight focus for it like he's got musicians that he works with but they're happy to be a bar band and he wants to go further so so but he like so many of these things are it's like, oh, well, this is just what you were born to do. He's like, no, nope, I stumble around between doing theater and doing mm-hmm. race car driving and <laughs> doing, you know, doing weekend band stuff and then being a booking agent. Like it wasn't just in the cards like he, he stumbled upon the ability. And it's pretty cool, though. Awesome. I'm about a third of the way, a third of the way through the book. And I got a much I mean, I always like the guy, but much deeper respect for this dude because he seems pretty uh on top of his game from a young age, so which was not me, man, not me at all. <laughs> well, kind of getting back to those that that just tuned in, we're we're not doing a Bruce Dickinson show, <laughs> but uh, Danny and I went to uh, a convention, and and Burt Reynolds was there. This is about a year or so before he died. Oh wow! And he did a and A Q&A session, and it was. It was incredible. I mean, he was just putting it all out there, man. He talked about, uh, you know, shooting the movie with uh, Dolly Parton and, you know, kind of how things ended up, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny because in our minds, he'll always be that Burt Reynolds, right? Uh-huh. It's kind of like when you just think about these characters because, uh, you know, you're talking about the Dukes of Hazard thing, but... Who doesn't love Uncle Jesse? Mm-hmm. You know exactly. Everybody does. I mean that that's just you. You grew up. This is the kind of uncle you wish you had growing up. You know, and uh, oh yeah. You know, even if they were breaking the law. <laughs> <laughs> I had an uncle that broke the law too, but uh, it was a little different story. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, well, that has you know because wasn't. And I'm remembering Dick's Hazard because Uncle Uncle Jesse was the moonshiner. Yeah. But he he and Boss Hog had used to be partners. Right. But then but then Hog figured out he could be a corrupt politician instead and make more money than bootlegging. So that's why, like at the end of the day, like the, if if Hog ever actually got around to catching the Duke boys for more than a day in jail, then Jesse would ride into town and give mm-hmm. give. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Boss Hog had talking to and get the boys out of jail because it was, it was always kind of, but they couldn't leave the county because they were on parole or on probation or whatever. So they, you know, like it, it was what they were, they were, they were running a dangerous business. Oh yeah. But, uh, but, uh, but you know, then they had flaming bows and arrows too. So that was heck killer. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you think about it, it's like you, you, you can slide across the hood of your car you jump in your car. You don't. You never open the doors, and you shoot flaming bow and arrows out of it. Come on, mm-hmm. <laughs> what kid is not going? Yes, that's what mm-hmm. I want to do for a living. <laughs> All day. In fact, we were coming back from somewhere not too long ago because the COVID crap has got us to where we're just like, ah, oh, let's just go drive out around for no reason, like drive out in the country, and, and cruise. And we're sitting there driving, radios on, kids are talking in the back seat. My wife's telling me about some people we know and their kid and their problems. And I look out in the field and I see a whole bunch of those big old hay bale rolls. Yeah. And it just kind of occurs to me randomly. And I say it out loud. I was like, you know what I've always wanted to do? It's like <laughs> shoot a flaming arrow into one of those things and just watch it go up. <laughs> She's like, that is the most random thing you've ever said. I'm like, it doesn't make it any less true. That's right. <laughs> 
Yeah. That's what's on my mind at the moment. <laughs> but yeah, I know they cost a lot, you know, like you sell them for whatever, but I think it would be cool to watch one of those things crawl up and Hey, man, I mean, but... you're driving down the road and one of those car haulers is behind you with the ramps and you're thinking, boy, oh, I'd yeah. love to just go vroom. <laughs> Yeah. Get on. Yep. You see the final destination truck carrying the, the rebar, and you roll over. Yeah. And make sure like, that, that doesn't yeah. happen. <laughs> it's funny how that stuff's just in your psyche, you know. Mm. Uh, I'll forever be an evil Knievel kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I just I've always loved that mentality of, yeah, I jumped fourteen buses and broke every bone in my body twice. So next time I'm going to jump seventeen buses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, you know, like... That's the mentality of these shows. I mean, because it was like, you know, just you throw costumes to the wind, you're being chased, we're jumping this bridge. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, and the, Duke, the Dukes jumped a lot of bridges. Oh, yeah. And you would think you would think as much as they drove around, they'd know where the bridges were out. But <laughs> it's like, hey, remember the last time we came this way and the bridge was out and we had to jump it? <laughs> bent, bent, bent the frame a little bit? <laughs> but the... But even then, man, the cop cars had some muscle in them. Oh, like, yeah. like Buford's cars got—I mean, it's—it <laughs> it runs. It's tearing on down and, the road. And the you know the cop cars in, in Dukes of Hazard are always quick. <laughs> they just end up on mm-hmm. their either on their roof spinning or like stuck in the mud or something like that. But too oh. much too much fun, like you say, man. Like just sliding over the hood, hopping yeah. in and taking off. Um, hanging out it, with hanging out with Daisy. I mean, come on. That's her cousin, man. You know I, mean? <laughs> like, I, I don't want to be. I don't. I don't want to be the, the Duke boys. It's the deep. <laughs> it's the deep South. It don't matter there. I, that that is true. <laughs> that is true. I guess. <laughs> You're not used to having a cousin that still has all their teeth. <laughs> I do like the uh, the narrator. Oh you yeah, Waylon Jennings, man. Oh yeah, well that's what I'm saying. Is like, how how do you get like, cause these dude superstar, he yeah. sings theme song and whatever, but then you get him on there to to just run the uh, the narrator of, yeah. of what's going on, and he he adds everything some gravitas to it. Cause yeah. you got that that deep southern. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that there is what you call stuck in a pickle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like. The, 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 again, the voiceover, you have to wonder if he was able to just phone it in or if they just brought him into recording booth to just be like, okay, you've got six lines in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do 12 episodes in one session. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's what <laughs> they did. I'm absolutely so, sure that's what they did. So. Just say a bunch of random stuff, yeah. and he's sitting there like, like hasn't, he's, <laughs> hasn't seen the, the show, hasn't seen the script. He's just saying these lines and being like, <laughs> and again that plays back to Smokey and the Bandit because you had Jerry Reed who was mega country star at the time and that was always weird to me because I think that's the first thing I saw him in and I was mm-hmm. like man that's Jerry Reed that's one of the <laughs> that's one of the hottest guitar players that there is you know and uh, you know for him to play this character and do the songs you know I mean the theme song, the Smoking Bandit, the whole soundtrack is Jerry Reed. So yeah, they even kind of took that and ran with that with the Dukes, you know, and found That's a, true. A, a big country star and, you know, just kind of run with that. Well, it's also funny, too, because if you listen, like, when they're uh, when they're westbound and down, 
It's like it's the the, the, the it, it tells the whole story of the movie. Yeah. Like in the in the song, he's like, "Yep, we gotta go this way. We gotta pick up the beer, and like we're gonna we're gonna get paid, and we gotta you know." And then it's like they get the beer, and then they're eastbound and down. Right. <laughs> it's like, and then the the, the the song changes because all the things they're gonna encounter are different. But he still yeah. tells the whole story of the of the you know. So the the first part of the movie is narrated in that little montage, and then the second part is narrated in that little montage. It's it's. And you kind of have uh, to be you have to be a little disappointed with part two because you know the first movie they're doing this big illegal thing with hauling the beer, and in the second movie, they're hauling a pregnant elephant, you know? <laughs> it's like, really? I mean... <laughs> but wasn't it, it's just the the the, uh, the, the Enos's whims, because he's just yeah. rich, and he, like, yeah. he just thinks just it's funny. money at him, yeah. He's, he, like, so it doesn't really matter what he's doing. He's giving him uh, challenges to follow so it's still it's still pretty funny because like yeah like because that was one thing that got me into went watching uh them on their way to texas from atlanta is uh bandit completely just like initiates a car chase with the cops in that yeah. own little town but doesn't really need to yeah but i guess he's like because snowman was already through he's like oh here i'm just gonna yeah, he's just like doing it for the hell of it, but uh, it's like I guess you need that. You got to run that interference, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm gonna draw him this way. That way, you can go on and not be bothered. Plus, I'm an egomaniac, so I want people to talk <laughs> about me. So, yeah, yeah. I tell the, you uh, another one too. I mean, this is I know we're kind of jumping around, but another movie that feels the same way to me is the Blues Brothers. Man. Very much. I mean, it's such a great car chase movie with everything else. Uh, we, we might want to save that one for another show, but boy, I do love me some Blues Brothers. <laughs> We've got to do a uh, <clears throat> Blues Brothers American Werewolf in London uh, double feature. Oh, John, uh, John Landis. John Landis, know? yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, that's I tell you what, that's not a bad idea because we can talk about you know Twilight Zone and all that stuff too, man. I like totally. that. So, but yeah, it was one of those things that we were doing a, we, we did a fresh eyes on American werewolf not too long ago. And Scott pointed out that the, the, the scene in, uh, Piccadilly yeah. for the end of the end of American werewolf, nobody had filmed in there for decades because yeah. just wasn't allowed. They couldn't get it. So Landis sent all of the, uh, people to a special screening, like all, all of the decision makers to a special screening of blues brothers. Yeah. And they they gave him four hours, and so he had to <laughs> he he had to work with four hours in wow. in the in that area in order to uh, to get the scenes. And I mean, they're the whole yeah. thing's classic. Oh yeah. But yeah. but 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 you think of the contrast of the Blues Brothers versus Werewolf, <laughs> and it's like the same director, and he's like, okay, well, how am I going to get this this really really hard hitting horror movie made i got an idea i'm going to show my comedy movie <laughs> <laughs> such 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 fun but it's so interesting the way those things happen and the way the work the, it works out so Absolutely. but yeah the blues brothers man with all the car cars chasing each other and flying around and yep. them stopping in different locations and yeah <laughs> and again it's it's there's no doubt it's it was influenced by the idea of Smokey and the bandit because it did come Right off the heels of that, <clears throat> so but they just took it the other direction. Remember, because they get the cop car, 
He's uh-huh. like, got cop suspension, cop motor, cop brakes. <laughs> and then he jumps that bridge. And he's like, so is the new new blues mobile? Yeah, I get the lighter fixed. <laughs> uh, uh, good stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, I can never, I can never dig the Blues Brothers with uh, nah. with with either Jim or John Goodman. Nah, like nah. I mean, it's. It's an homage, you know, but it's that's kind of like trying to do a, a, a sequel to, to a Tommy Boy or something with a different yeah, Chris exactly. Farley. You know, yeah. it's like there's there's too much, there's too much there that that you just can't, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't do. But uh, yeah, there's so yeah, man, something organic missing out of that, you know. So whenever uh, Hurricane uh, Harvey came through and flooded the city, and um, <clears throat> There just like the water had gone up over the roofs of all these cars, and once the waters came down, then they just towed them all. They just towed the cars to some place, wow. uh, many some places, but they just to get them off the road. They just sure. towed the cars, and for and in order for people to be able to find their cars, there was a public service announcement that came on TV, and it was like a commercial that ran. And it'd be like, if you've lost your car in Hurricane Harvey floodwaters, you know, call this number and give us your license plate and we'll tell you where it went. <laughs> but what it did was it was an aerial view of a junk of, of like a, a parking lot, like a junkyard. Uh, yeah. That um, and it started on a modern new uh, General Lee. It was an orange Dodge Challenger that was painted up like the General. Huh. And it was at the front quarter corner of the lot. And so the camera panned out from the side of the car and you see the O one, one but it's on a new body yeah. style Dodge yeah. pans out. And then like, it was, I guess they shot it with a drone because it comes up like this. And then the, 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 the lot comes into view and it's just like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cars. But as one, everybody like it was on Facebook, like, oh my god, did you just see that? Like that, that they come like it started with the General Lee. <laughs> like, so I mean, for for I mean, it's an iconic vehicle for as old as it is. Yeah, like, it is. It, for, it, for as long, it's a shame we're at a point now to where you know it, it, it's, it's it's controversial. Yeah, yeah, you know the whole the whole the whole Dukes of Hazard was nothing but fun. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, it's like. It's like you can you can you can have your opinions on things, but there was nothing in the Dukes of Hazard at all that that was anything other than stupid, yeah, loud you got, fun. You, you got to remember Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Hollywood made these, right? So it wasn't yeah. made in the South. It was their idea, right? Whoever <laughs> came up with this. So, so you know, we can we can pan this stuff all we want. Of course, my favorite one now is, of course, the Land of Lakes. You know, they took the the Native American girl off of there. I think you may, you may have even said it, but you I know, might have mentioned it. I don't know. But yeah, but, now we've now we've taken them off the land again, right? right. <laughs> you know, there's, like, there, there's that, but I also read that something's like I don't know that the Native Americans were really uh, oh, that well known for butter. No, like, <laughs> no. like it probably should have always been like a Dutch woman or a pilgrim or something. But yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't really ever remember seeing that that many textbooks with uh yeah with 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 indian or native american ladies with butter turns yeah you know <laughs> but i don't know everybody's got a everybody's got a just strange world <laughs> it is it is a strange world well 
And then you saw the thing with the Washington Redskins. And yeah. I'm not like not even getting into it, but somebody posted a meme that's like they should just call it the Washington Rednecks. And so like <laughs> instead instead of the chief with the headdress on, they just completely remove that and put a guy with a mullet and yeah. a big old earring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Why not? God, I, Why not? I probably actually I've watched that game like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's better than the Washington football team. I mean, you know. God, I was so stupid. Yeah. Oh, which, you know, like, it's pop culture, man. Sure. Pop culture goes through some strange, strange stuff. But Well, it's pretty it's simple as this, and I think you and I have both said this. If you want to be offended, you can get offended. I mean, you can find, you can be offended by anything if you just let it offend you. So. Well, it's well. We were mentioning last week on the on the guitarists, right? Like, yeah. The, the, there's albums by bands that um, their songs, some of them aged really well, and some of them didn't age well at all. Right. Right. You know, and we're not talking stylings. We're not talking about hair metal getting kicked off the map by grunge. We're talking right. about lyrics, lyrics, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that sort of stuff, and. You know, like, yeah, dude, it didn't age well. It's not relevant anymore, and it just kind of, you, you can, you can, but the thing is, if you don't like something, you can also just not watch it. Absolutely. So that's, that's, that's kind of where I'm getting to is, you know, the yep. stuff, I, I'm not offended by much, but like, I've said it before because my children have, you know, horrible taste in television. <laughs> that I, I, I believe that Netflix could make a couple few hundred million dollars overnight if they were to invent a duck hunt like device that they'd give you three, you know, whatever it is, you can get three shots per week or three shots per month for free that it's called the kill it forever. And you just point it at the icon and shoot the shoot the gun, and it takes that show off of your Netflix, and it doesn't come back. It doesn't show up on the recommended. You know, like this guy does not like that show, and then they just charge you two bucks per show after that. Man, I'd be upgrading to the machine gun. Like, take it all off. Like, take this crap down. Um. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of like yeah let's like this sucks. Let's not watch this. Yeah. <laughs> like this is this is banned in my house. So it's real easy. You just don't watch it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's always how I've been. I mean, you know, if, if it's something that's just I'm not interested in or I'm just like, yeah, not for me. I pass. <laughs> but somebody but yeah. don't get the thrill that way, you know. Yeah. What what you gonna do? But I, I have know, after... I have no problem with Cannonball Run with Adrian Barbeau and the other chick, you know. With, with their, you know, using their assets. I don't have a problem with Jamie Farr being an, an, an A-Rab driving, driving a Rolls Royce. I don't have a problem with Jackie Chan kicking everybody's butt. I don't have a problem with Buford T. Justice. I don't have a problem with any of these people. I don't have a problem with Dukes of Hazard, Boss Hog, any of it. Especially not Cletus. No, Cletus, Cletus is gold. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I, you know, the, the the old Gilligan's Island and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, like all, all of that 70s TV stuff. I mean, it was all, it was not high art, 
right. there was nobody there was nobody at the studio that was like hey let's make the brady bunch high art <laughs> that started happening in the mid to late 80s with all those very special episodes where it's like it could be the funniest thing in the in, in the world but they had to have one or two episodes per season that 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 was a tearjerker that attacked tackled some serious subject or something yeah and that's and that's why Seinfeld was so refreshing is because he's like, no, yeah. we're not, not only are we not having that, we're not even going to have our own episodes be about anything to, to consider. Like, what's your opinion on this? He's like, just nothing. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah. it's just like, show people about hanging nothing. out, right. be, be, being silly. Yeah. And uh, which I know we're jumping around a lot. So this takes, but. If you ever seen the, uh, it's a Netflix special, it's or it's a Netflix show. It's Jerry Seinfeld. It's comedians in cars getting coffee. I don't know if you ever yeah. seen it before, but uh, every now and then, some comedian that he's talking to will start going off the rails, like start getting serious, and Jerry will just be like, "No, like, this is this is a comedy show. We're not going that direction." He did it to Jerry Lewis. Wow, it was awesome. Wow, because. Jerry's doing his little voices and he's doing his little things and he's like he's like so what's your thing and then Jerry starts uh, Jerry Lewis starts talking about why he was inspired to do the telethon and Jerry's just like nope you, you, nope <laughs> <laughs> he completely he completely shut down Jerry Jerry Lewis wow and Jerry Lewis just rolled with it he's like no okay I get it you know like, wow <laughs> but yeah it was like pretty awesome so I I want my life like that you know there's plenty of time to be serious right. and sure. scary and worried and sad and right now this world is not made for that right now this world is made for last like a well, little bit more laughter and that's the difference in people too because i work with a guy that his his idea of a great movie is something that's based on a true story right and to me i want something as far-fetched as possible because i want to take <laughs> my mind off real life you right. know so it's it's amazing how that's just how everybody's different, you know. And uh, yeah, man, that that's the reason I like half the goofy stuff I like, even <laughs> even if it's shot bad. It show me something that that I haven't seen before, right? Or take mm -hmm. me somewhere I haven't been, or you know. So it's always that escapism thing for me. And and these shows, perfect examples because if you look at it, like I said, you look at it on paper and you're like, how how would anybody be interested in watching this? But you know, it, it's it's about creating likable characters and letting them have fun with it. I mean, look how serious of a situation where, you know, Buford's son's getting married and his wife runs off with some random dude in a car. You could take that <laughs> and make it a totally serious movie, but oh, yeah. we don't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, even, even, like, how serious it is whenever those guys are, like, trying to... Uh steal the wheels off that car and Buford's such a badass that he's like, you stay right here. And then he's like, yeah, I'm just going to hang out. <laughs> I'm not going to because Buford's a bad guy. You know, he gets his, you, you don't need to have some crazy backstory about how he hurt people or whatever. It just takes a, little, a couple lines of dialogue to establish yep. the fact that this guy's in like bandits in trouble now. Right. Like he, he, he picked up the wrong girl on the side of the road. Like this is, this is trouble. But trouble, trouble follows them. But uh, it's one of those things. Like even through the movie, where like Burt Reynolds, like he knows what Buford looks like, but Buford doesn't know what he looks like. So it, it, it takes him a minute to realize that. And whenever he's starting to tease him at the at the sandwich shop, 
at the yeah. time, you know, yeah. like, hey, let, me, let me, let me buy your, let me buy your burger for you. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> he was like, well, what, what are you getting into? And he's like, he's like, I am in hot, <laughs> and it's hot pursuit. <laughs> Oh, we're watching that whole, watching that movie, and my, you know, like, Bert, <laughs> Bandit walks in and he orders what, like, four hamburgers, and and a and a large drink, and it's a dollar fifty or something. And my right. wife's just like, my <laughs> God, she's like, it's like, imagine how much eighty thousand dollars was back then if that's what a hamburger cost. Right. <laughs> like, I'm like, that's yeah. that's what four hamburgers cost. Man, you. Like, you you could buy a Cam- you could buy a Camaro back then, brand new for less than five thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she was just like blown away because she like he's like any you know it was like oh we're gonna do this we're gonna risk this massive federal felony for for eighty grand split between us and then I just bought a brand new car and she's like. It's all going to be gone by the time they get back anyway. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, 80 grand went a lot further yeah. back then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that Trans Am tops maybe 7,000 back then. Mm hmm. So, it was, that was a badass car. It yeah. was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of those dream cars, right? You always said if I had a garage and I could have one. I'd have my car from Phantasm over here and my, my car from Smokey and the Bandit over here, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's me, dude. Like, well, I've posted it on the Facebook groups enough times. Like, yeah. when, you, when you're when you a kid, you're like, okay, when I get old, then this, like, 1984, 85 Lamborghini will be 40 years old and I'll be able to buy it. Right. But no. <laughs> They just keep <laughs> they going up. Went, they just keep going up. You know that that hundred thousand uh, dollar Countach from the eighties is now worth like four hundred thousand dollars in crappy condition that you have right. to have it rebuilt. And it's like, yep. wait, that's not how that's supposed to work. <laughs> <laughs> but I I joke because I'd say like, oh man, I'd get a purple or a pink one. My wife's like, you would what? Like if you. <laughs> She's like, first of all, you wouldn't fit in it. I was like, dude, I'd have the back seats taken out. I, <laughs> I'd drive that thing, but yeah, man, I, I got, I got no shame. I'll, I'll pop up in a purple Lamborghini all day long. Yeah. <laughs> who's not gonna? For, who's gonna? You know, not remember that. You know. Exactly. <laughs> if, if you got it, why are you gonna be boring with a black one or a red one? Like, right. Kick it, kick it with a with an off color. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man! So what do we got? We got some some closing thoughts. What we got going on in the world that we need to touch on? That's that's funny. Ah, you know, it's just uh, this. These movies and TV shows can just really take you down another rabbit hole. You start discovering all these other car movies and stuff that, for some reason, you just kind of overlooked. I've I've really been surprised myself with digging back into all these new world pictures and like, wow. You know, you just kind of forget about these, you know. Uh, what about like Corvette Summer? Corvette Summer, Satan's, classic. Satan's, you know, just yeah. like guy in his car. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mark Hamill, you know. It's Star Wars, you know. Like yeah. you mentioned, you mentioned like, oh, smoking the bandit, same thing. It's like that was a, that was another vehicle for for yeah for Mark Hamill. Yeah, I mean, all the movies back then. I mean, you just go on and on. I. I Hollywood Nights popped into my mind all of a sudden because there's some awesome <laughs> cars in that movie too, you know. 
So, yeah, I mean, just the list goes on and on. Uh, that was one of those hot topics in, in the 70s, man, was the, the muscle car movies. Vanishing mm-hmm. Point, you know, uh, all those flicks, man. Just just awesome stuff. Oh, man. Follow some things on Instagram showing, showing these uh, cars sitting in people's yards on blocks that are just, like, man. wasting away. And it's just like, oh, man, I would love to be able to, like, I don't have the space. You know what I mean? Like, I would love to. But yeah. that was one thing. Um, I still live close by the uh, the place, but when uh, the house that I live in now, I knew about the neighborhood I live in because the house I lived in before is about a m- half a mile away outside the neighborhood and around the corner over by my kid's school. So uh, there's this d- dude that drove this uh, the Chevy Astrovan, <laughs> and it had a skull. Uh, airbrushed onto the side of it and it said debonair ink hmm. okay just you drive his astrovan around or whatever but <laughs> every now and then so i'm like sitting down in the front yard one day and this the guy comes and he's got a trailer attached to his astrovan and he's pulling a trailer with a car that looks like it just got dragged out of the lake hmm. like it's got like yeah. foliage on it and it's rusted and it's got no rubber on it. And it's just like, yeah. And he drags it around the corner. And then like maybe a month later, he's, he's on a, a very, like he's got a frame, a motor and a transmission in it and some wheels. And he's popping around the corner like, <laughs> <laughs> but you ever see it? You ever seen the, uh, the 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 movie in the scene in Christine where Christine puts herself back together after yeah. being destroyed. Yeah. It's almost like that in over the course of like three or four months because then it would just be like, you know, the rust bucket with the body put back on it with a smooth sounding engine. And yeah. he dude just did it out of his garage. He had a wow. lift and all the stuff. And he'd just get a car from it. somewhere. Yeah. Put it all back together. Then, you know, like a few days later he'd come around the corner and have new paint on it be running smooth just you know test driving it around the neighborhood and then it'd be gone yeah and then like not too much longer after that he'd come down with a trailer with another something or other <laughs> on the back of it just and it was awesome yeah. the dude spoke spain he didn't speak english because I, I saw him out a couple times he had one of his one of his uh things were stalled like out kind of not not in front of my house but kind of down the road and i walked down to see if you need any help and you know want to talk to him he didn't speak english he's just like i don't I'm good, but uh, it's like, man, I want to talk to him and see, like, how do you get, right. how do you, how do you get your job? Because that is killer, you know. Yeah, right. Especially, especially because I think he did like, he did airbrush and car painting and detailing and stuff. So, mm. but yeah, it was pretty, pretty awesome. Like, wow. There's, <laughs> so, yeah. Cool one of stuff. these days, one of these days, I'll have a garage. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, that's. That is muscle car memories, man. Like, <laughs> I remember, like, like watching Smoking the Bandit. I was, I was like, man, I remember being a kid. We always had the Hot Wheels car. Oh yeah, the, the with the with the big the big old you know Firebird on the top, and then you had your uh, you know obviously your Dukes of Hazard cars. And, yep. You know your your police cars and police cars always end up spinning on the top on the roof, <laughs> <laughs> and then your other car went like down the ramps and stuff. So. Good yep. times, man. Absolutely, a lot of a lot of fun. So, 
I guess that has been this is episode twenty, man. Episode twenty, we're, just like that. We're, we're we're killing it. Yeah. So, uh, well, let's go ahead and put this one in the can so we can get started on the one for next week, and we'll uh, see you next time. Adios. Mm-hmm.